Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Use Guys and That podcast. You can find us across all podcatchers, and our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is at UseGuysPod. Email us at info at useguyspod.com or useguysandthat at gmail.com. You can find our entire podcast library at useguysandthat.podbean.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Use Guys and That podcast. I hope you had your fill of turkey and uh, adult beverages, road sodas, whatever the fuck it is that you did, ter- holiday reefer, whatever it was that it, whatever it took to get you through this um, this uh, unique time in our history. Uh, today, there's just two of us today. Uh, uh, Conrad Angel, Commissar, she got sick on the Eastern Front. Uh, she is uh, she's bogged down with a with a heavy cold. This is not a strike. I was not given a notica- notification by the union that she's on strike again. <laughs> so uh, she is uh, she just told me she's ill. So. And uh, Brian, well, uh, we might have might as well lost Brian to the Kong somewhere in the jungles of northeastern Ohio. I don't know what happened to him. Just kidding. He's working. Yeah, he's working. Um, he should be on the next show that we have. Uh, but it's just Christopher and I. So, uh, what's been going on, Chris? Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us what's been going on? Uh, well, um, so I, you know, really, as part of like our pre-show discussion, we've been uh, <laughs> we've been talking about how. Uh, uh, you know, the need to, to radicalize people um, on both fronts. Um, and that's what's been going on with uh, within the Twitterverse anyways. Um, yep. <laughs> the, 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 the troll level is, is master level um, if you're in on the joke, um, but like the people that take the bait. Um, I mean, but the ideology behind it is sound. Um, um, just like I was, uh, you know, saying beforehand, uh, you know, sometimes as anarchists, um, like we really sometimes we just need to kind of suck it up and we need to accept our role as 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 chaos agents um and sometimes we just need to learn to sow chaos i mean it's just like unfortunately it it's it's become what could potentially be our our greatest weapon um against the state really um is to radicalize both factions i mean the, the divide in this country is as greater now as it's ever been and in the whole you know bs uh, establishment democrat line is like oh it's time to get together and heal the country <laughs> yeah um, no. that that's never gonna fucking happen no. like you're talking about like that it's time for the you know the left to get together and heal um um so really as, as anarchists uh, we really do need to kind of push for that radicalization um on both ends and uh you know, we like there's there's not going to be any healing and there's going to be resentment and further divide on both sides. So some like we just have to suck it up and accept our jobs to radicalize, um, you know, like I said, both ends of the spectrum. That's really that's our best bet. Our best weapon against the state, man, is is to make sure that there's no uh, unity for the state and the status quo to continue doing the damage that they do. Um, I mean, just like with Biden getting elected and. You know, you had your hardcore leftists that were, you know, vote blue no matter who crowd, and most of them didn't realize what they were voting for. Um, <laughs> nope, they with, sure with, didn't. With Biden, uh, and that's just like that's that's. I mean, that's the crazy part, you know, Like we talked about with with Bird on our super spreader special. Um, I mean, you know, the, the fucking people that he's bringing in are all goddamn war criminals, part of the military industrial complex. Um, you know, the technocrats, big tech. Um, 
nothing's going to change. <laughs> nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get better. I mean, just like, just like that whole spiel that Obama gave before he got elected and, and, and you know, talking about change and hope and, and yes, we can. And, and then he carried on a, a, a drone strike program that killed an inordinate amount of civilians. Um, and that was paid for, bought and paid for with our tax dollars. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that's going to continue under Biden. Um, it's not going to be any different. Um, the only thing that's going to be different is that the left are going to suddenly be silent on anything bad that the president does. Um, so they're not going to carry that same energy that they had with Trump being in office. Um, you know, they're not going <laughs> to, you know, the TDS is, is going to go away and they're going to turn a blind eye uh, to the war crimes um, and who knows what kind of war we're going to get into now. Like, it's almost guaranteed. Like, you can pretty much guarantee that with a lot of the people that he's putting on his cabinet that, uh, you know, we're bound we're bound to go into another war. Who knows? We, we might be in for Iraq War 4.0. Uh, maybe they'll escalate things more in Yemen. Maybe they'll escalate things even more in Syria. Who knows what we're going to get into. But but uh, as us uh, anarchists, um, you know, we need to do our best to kind of sow the seeds of chaos. And, uh, you know, like we, I know Jay over here has been smitten a lot by, by what Aaron from, uh, the friends against government, uh, podcast has been doing attacking the left from the left. And it's, that's, that's where this whole conversation sparked up that, that we've been talking about, about, you know, radicalizing our quote unquote enemies. Um, you know, he's been attacking the left from the left. Um, and then we got, you know, shout out to, to Ace Arcist. He's been, a uh, He's been on one today. It's been pretty funny. Yeah, it's been uh, great. A, a lot of the people have taken the bait. He, he's I mean, just like master troll level, and it's hilarious. It's, it's like you had said earlier, you know, there's all these people that have been following him for months or whatever, and it's like they don't even look at the Twitter handle. They just see the Punisher with the thin blue eyes <laughs> and see him saying some crazy shit, and they take the bait, man, and it's like, God damn, man. Some people are just born to be fucking dumb, I guess. But, but I mean, that's what we got to do. Like I said, we got to be chaos agents, man. And that, that's our best bet. That's our best weapon. That's our that's our best way to, to fight the you know the state, the establishment. We just got we got to sow those seeds of chaos, and we just got to accept our role, and we got to be Joker from the Dark Knight. We just got to sit back and watch the world burn. Uh, and I mean, that's that's where the country's heading. Um, obviously. You know, once again, with Biden coming in, who knows what we're going to be looking at? We could be looking at another fucking lockdown, even though it's ridiculous and unnecessary. We already did a lockdown and we're at where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, at what point like at what point are people like going to wake up and, and see what's and really see what's going on? And it's, you know, once again, in our pre-show discussion, which we should have fucking recorded, God damn it. <laughs> like, like we unloaded that payload early. But, but uh, you know, you said there was that one dude that replied on Twitter that was like, you know, he in six months he went from, you know, being a supporter of the cops to, oh, man, these guys are just goons of the fucking state. And yep. more people, more people need to see that. And I, I think a lot of people lack the ability for any sort of introspection or the ability to admit that you were wrong to come to that realization. Um, I mean, they, they're living a life of denial. It's, it's, 
it's absolutely insane. Like, like what, like what's your line in the sand going to be? And it's like, um, I can't remember. It was, it was probably, you know, probably on Pete's show where he was talking about like, you know, if your line in the sand is waiting for the cops to come to your house to confiscate guns, like you've already fucking lost. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you just, you just going to sit back and wait for it to come to you? Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, that's, that's a wonderful question. And I, I did tweet something at Pete and I forget who else when I, you know, I asked my conservative friends and I have a couple of them that, you know, what, when are you going to turn them in? Will you turn in your weapons on the first asking or when they surround your home? And usually the response to that is, well, the cops would never do that. And I say that you have a lot of hard lessons ahead of you, like uh, really, <laughs> right. really hard lessons ahead of you. Uh, you know, the pro- I, we're gonna. I'd like to get into that with Keith Preston at some point in time, the process of radicalization for someone like him. And I agree with you that the sowing the seeds of, of you know discontent or at least pushing people to the margins is probably the best avenue, of course, counter economics and getting into the black market. But I think I've always ever since I, I quote, uh, uh, took the black, as they say, in Game of Thrones, when I adopted the black banner, I always thought that the best avenue was with conservative, especially with conservatives, but also with liberals was always to point out what the police are up to because usually you can get some kind of response. Now, this is going to sound terrible, and this goes to show you where we are and how much, not we, but how much they, the hoi polloi, the people who keep pulling the levers for their candidates, their favorite uh, their favorite pro wrestlers, as Mr. Preston put it. <laughs> what, uh, what, what gets me is... If I tell you how many unarmed minorities or poor white people are murdered by the police every year, it doesn't elicit a big response. In fact, it usually is followed up with a, well, what did they, you know, we need context, right? That's the famous line. Well, what's the context yeah. with that? Okay. Yeah. 25 dogs a day. Even the hardest, I, I've met some of the hardest blue linebackers. That when I tell them 25 dogs there, I show them a video from the Free Thought Project that shows complete context. You have contextual clarity as to why or how the situation developed where cops have shot dogs inside the fence line of the individual's property or the property in which the dog resides. Just straight mm-hmm. up and shoot them through the fence. Um you know, just uh, or a dog across the street, one, you know, wagging the tail, not getting excited. It's not like you had, you know, a cane of Corso coming at you at 40 miles an hour with, you know, foam coming out of its mouth. I'm not arguing that, <laughs> um, you know, but small, you know, mid-sized, you know, multi-breed dogs and just gunned down uh, in front of family members. Or, or how about the cop that went to the wrong house? And this is a theme that will play over and over again because mm-hmm. it happens often enough that it's on repeat where the police or the sheriff's deputy will go to the wrong address and kill somebody's dog that has nothing to do with what they're investigating. And you and what's fucked up is they'll they'll ignore the these people will ignore the human stories. The you know mm-hmm. the uh the, the killing of innocent minorities, unarmed minorities and and poor people, poor white people, you know, people from an underclass, if you will, if I'm gonna use that kind of language from the state. You know, the the hoi polloi, the, the flea bottom people, if we're gonna use a Game of Thrones theme. Like you're at the bottom <laughs> of the fucking barrel. Flea bottom. Flea bottom, right? You're not yeah. from uh, the red keep, you're from flea bottom. 
So what what I'm what I'm what's fucked up is that when you tell them about puppy side, they kind of like the, the the eye kind of squints and they're like, really? And I'm like, well, those are the numbers that the Justice Department is willing to admit to, and we've talked about this on the show ad nauseum. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep repeating it because um, all of us on here, Angel, myself, you, you uh, Brian, we all are dog owners, and we love our pets. And I don't know anybody like. I think that you should be tied to a tree and shot if you mistreat a dog that is in your care or anybody else's dog. I just, there's no call for it. If Now, if it's attacking your infant, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, I get it, okay? We're not talking about that. But people that leave their dogs outside when it's negative 20 below, you know, and they're not an outdoor dog, not like a husky or, you know, a, a right, Caucasian a, shepherd or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, not built for that sort of thing, but also mistreating them, kicking them, punching them, beating them dog fighting the shit that michael vick did that i find that all just uh d- disgusting behavior that Repre- should be punished. reprehensible reprehensible uh punishable by the sword and that includes the uh the boys and girls in blue who just go around like if you guys i we've said it before and i know you're like oh here goes jay, here goes jay again he's gonna talk about listen just get on google <laughs> and look up what your tax dollars have paid for state funerals for canine dogs and look at how the dogs are dispatched by cops who either go to the wrong place or have no business being in place X, Y, or Z, or a dog that's showing no aggression, and they just blow them away, sometimes in front of little kids. Usually, I, I'm telling you, that's always been a route for me to try to begin the process of deprogramming and then eventually on the road to radicalization, is look at them like, like you guys are killing 25 dogs a day, and people, for the first thing, is denial. It's like, no, that can't be right. I'm like... No, it's right. And then the next, it's like, really? Well, are, how, how do you know? It's like, well, I don't know because, once again, the Justice Department's willing to tell us that. So maybe the number's, you know, in, you know, deflated. The official one is deflated from the reality. So right. um, I encourage, I, I'm so glad for, for Aaron and for Ace and everybody else who continues to push the radicalization of these uh, of the electorate because I think it's the only way, and Michael Malice talked about it with the uh, – ideological self-segregation you know that's a segregation along ideological lines for those people who don't really understand what he's talking about i think it's best um i think it's best because the majority of the country as an anarchist or somebody who's in the liberty movement or whatever the hell it is that we're going to call it nowadays you have an awesome seat in the peanut gallery where you're watching this unfold in front of you they all hate you but they hate each other <laughs> right. more than they hate you. So they're mm-hmm. willing to look away from you and focus their ire on each other, which gives you an excellent opportunity to watch this battle unfold. And stoke those fires. And let, yeah, let the fire rise. Because mm-hmm. the sooner that we can get California to be, um, you know, the, the people in California, all, you know, shout out to our friend California, Brian. I hope you're well, but get ready to move if it happens. Um, if you get sta- like states like California or the counties in, 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 on the coast of California who are hard left to leave and go with, you know, the, like the Marin counties, the L.A. counties, shit like that, all the way up the coast, you know, to uh, Portland and all the way up to Seattle. If you can get some of these people to start saying, we don't want to be a part of this, you know, the same thing with the coastals on the on the northeastern portion of the country. Right, Chris, if you have people go from all the way from Boston all the way down mm-hmm. to New York City, maybe down the Virginia coast, get them, like, yeah, we should be a part because the only thing that holds this this republic together 
is the greenback fast food like McDonald's and Wendy's and Target and Walmart. Because <laughs> essentially, and I highly recommend uh, those of you that have Audible, if you're not, if you really, I know a lot of people are like, I don't have time to sit down and read a book. Okay, fine, great, wonderful. I'm sure you have time to sit down and do other things. When you poop, you're on your phone. You could be reading. Anyway, that's besides the point. There's an excellent okay. book by Colin Woodard called American Nations. And he gives you an in-depth look at the, the, the different nations that comprise North America, even going into Canada, uh, going back to, of course, you know, the mixture with Native peoples and the Spanish culture and then, you know, Tidewater people that's in where Virginia is, where George Washington's from, and then Puritans, which are the people that Chris and I have to deal with in northeastern Ohio because the Western yeah. Reserve was a Connecticut settlement by Puritans. You can even see how cities are laid out if they were done by Puritans, okay? And then you have Appalachian people, which I, whom I think are wonderful, absolutely wonderful people because they like to live in the mountains and make uh, illegal whiskey and... Uh, leg moonshine, oh, baby. yeah, and that fine, fine mountain weed. Uh, wonderful people. <laughs> but if you guys have a chance, please get that. If you have Audible, I highly recommend that book. It's been plugged on the show before. We don't get any money for these plugs. We just want people to get educated. This has been a thing that's a, that, that's existed for a long time is the several different cultures of this of this land mass. So this is not something that's brand new for everybody, nor should it be considered brand new. So consider that apart from your dollar, apart from, you know, Federal Reserve notes, the McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box or whatever, Hardee's and Walmart and Target. You have very distinct areas, even Great Lakes people from where we come from are very different from other Midwestern people, let's say in Nebraska or, or Iowa. Yeah, we're similar in several ways, but there's the, people are a little bit different. Freshwater people are definitely different from uh, saltwater people. I'll tell you mm -hmm. that. Northerners are very different from Southerners, and that's not a knock on any of them. I, like the, I, I enjoy all the cultures because that usually means I get to eat awesome things. That's the first thing I go to is the culinary cultural differences that I get to taste. I, that's my favorite part of it. Like you know, I love it how Southerners argue about which barbecue is right. I don't give a fuck. Just serve it all. Bring it to me. I don't care if it's <laughs> right. mustard-based or molasses. Bring that ass over here. Um, right, dry rub, whatever, whatever. Just make it delicious, make it delicious, and yeah. make it copious, motherfucker. Please, <laughs> yeah, you take my money. So I, <laughs> I, I applaud everybody, and if other people are able to do like you know, Ace switching things up briefly and then automatically causing a Chernobyl-style meltdown amongst his own followers who haven't noticed, um, it's just, it's just, uh, it's the coup de gras. It's, uh, it's wonderful to see. I um. I wanted to know if anybody uh, has noticed that the dollar is tanking uh, fast, uh, and that's against uh, competitors like the Australian Canadian dollars and the Korean won have all touched their highest levels in more than two years, and the Swiss franc is the strongest since 2015. The dollar is weakening, and Sal Mayweather, who's been on the show, who will be on the show again this month before Christmas, has told you guys several times if you can invest in crypto, go for it. I'm not now. This is not a, like we're not like I'm not an expert on this at all. And I don't think anybody else is. Christopher probably has the best grasp out of all of us. But even if you don't have the ability to purchase cryptocurrency, and I understand, man, like I don't make shit for money. So I understand. Still invest in the counter in the counter economy. Still have a, a, a separate way of making your bank or, you know, 
doing something, buy silver. Silver is not as, obviously not nearly as expensive as gold, and you can purchase it for reasonable prices because this paper money, this fiat currency, is absolutely taking a fucking dive, and it's going to be in the show notes to take a look at it, uh, or excuse me, if you want to take a look at it. Now, I don't know if Christopher was aware of this or not. A lot of Americans uh, haven't seen this. I watched this over the weekend on a live feed from RT. Yeah, I know, RT. But they had a live feed in Paris. There are absolute, there's an absolute riot and uprising happening in France right now. Uh, and the stories that we're going to talk to you about are from the, uh, from the Associated Press and France 24, I believe. They're, they're very, very germane to the conversations we've been having in this country for a long time, specifically by Police the Police 2.0, 3.0. They keep getting deleted and they keep rising from the ashes. So shout out to those guys. And of course, um, uh, the Free Thought Project has posted a lot of these stories about the cops. This one, I'm going to read you a little bit of the article. Uh, it says, French activists fear that a proposed new security law will deprive them of a potent weapon against abuse, cell phone videos of police activity, threatening their efforts to document possible case of, of cases of police brutality, especially in impoverished immigrant neighborhoods. French President Emmanuel Macron's government is pushing a new security bill that makes it illegal to publish images of police officers with the intent to cause them harm. Amid other measures, critics fear that the new law could hurt press freedoms and make it more difficult for all citizens to report on police brutality. Quote, I was lucky enough to have videos that protect me, said Michel Zeckler, a black music producer who was beaten up recently by several French police officers. Videos first published Thursday by French website Loopsider have been seen by over 14 million viewers resulting in widespread outrage, outrage excuse me, over police actions. Two of the officers are in jail, rightfully, while they are uh, investigated, while two others, also on, on, under investigation, are out on bail. The draft bill, still being debated in Parliament, has prompted protests across the country, called by press freedom advocates and civil rights campaigners. Tens of thousands of people marched Saturday in Paris to reject the measure, including families and friends of people killed by the police. Quote, for decades, uh, descendants of post-colonial immigration and residents in populous neighborhoods have denounced police brutality, said um, uh, Siham Ausbage. I can't pronounce the name. Forgive me, I can't pronounce it. An anti-racism <laughs> activist. You, you, gave it, you gave it the old college try, buddy. Christ almighty, did I ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> videos by the public have helped to show a wider audience that there is a systemic problem with French police forces who are abusing, punching, beating, and mutilating and killing, she said. So what have we been dealing with since finally since May when, I guess, the glad, the cup overfloweth with uh, George Floyd being murdered uh, right on your, uh, on your television thanks to somebody, a 17-year-old with a, with a uh, smartphone? We are mm-hmm. now, the French try, the, now, you, here's the thing, and I'm embarrassed to say this because, I we're the ancestor, or excuse me, the descendants, our ancestors, regardless of whatever background we come from, have come from a usually rebellious spirit uh, as, as Americans of whatever background. And we, you know, it took a, it took a lot of a lot of shit to happen for it to go nationwide. The French regularly riot and fight the police in the street. 
regularly. It's like a tradition they have. They don't like something that was passed. Like I think they're farmers. They're farmers. There was some bill that was passed that fucked with them or like taxed them more or something. They drove their tractors onto onto highways leading to Paris and blocked traffic from getting in the city. Like all around the city, you couldn't get in until they got uh, until they felt that their um their their I guess their demands were met or what have you. The French regularly riot against the cops, and I think there's a lesson to be learned here, but also at the same time, this is now seems to be, I don't want to say coordinated because I don't think it is, but it's awfully funny that all of a sudden we're seeing, because cops in this country, especially the fucking police unions who are absolute pure evil, have tried for decades to mitigate the power of citizens to film them and to record their activities. Uh, it happens all the time. There's a guy up in New England called New England Cop Chasers. He used to be part of Cop Block, which I'm a huge fan of Cop Block because they go around and they follow the police, kind of like what the Black Panthers did, except unarmed. The Black Panthers would follow cops in Oakland around to see how they were fucking with African-American people and uh, kept them in check because the cops have for a long time, and Christopher, people like you and I are no, like we're, we're not white belts to this shit. We know Especially if you mm-hmm. come from an anarchist perspective, you know uh, the police are the uh, the the standing army that uh, the 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 forefathers of this country warned of. Despite their many many different flaws, they did get that one right, and I really feel it's the police. It's they're the most dangerous mm-hmm. thing, apart from a central bank. Well, we got the central bank. Thank you, Woodrow Wilson. Um, yeah, you fucking prick. <laughs> really, <laughs> but seriously, this is um this is I I. I if we're, if we're seeing this pop up in different places, police in every country, no matter what country they come from, they're all the same. They're all agents of the state. They're all goons. Mm-hmm. They all work for the same master uh, because their masters work for the banks. So that's how this kind of works. Uh, just because you got a different uniform, a different flag, doesn't mean you serve a different master. So, uh, yeah, if the French are pissed off about this, now fortunately you're seeing some reaction to this. Uh, you're seeing that the French are kind of back. The, the French government uh, is uh, like the police retreated. People are getting hit by fire missiles, which also known as Molotov cocktails. And everybody was out on the street. Like, I don't know if Chris saw the the, the, tw- the tweets I was putting out. Like, the, the anarchists, the communists, the socialists, and regular people were all out on the streets pissed and fighting the police over this, which is huge. It's really important. Uh, we could take a few lessons from this. The only difference is I think that if we would get to the point where you're throwing massive amounts of Molotov cocktails in this country, I really think they would get tanks. Like South Park is not that far off. I really feel they would have, a, know, right? you know, like an anti-aircraft gun rolling down the street to fucking vaporize you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to say leave it to the guys from South Park to say something that's both totally ridiculous and absolutely believable at the exact same fucking time. It's like they're not mutually exclusive ideas, you know. It's it's uh, definitely something else, you know what I mean? Like we got to look to our satire to uh, to get a, a dose of, of, of the, the truth or, or an example of what's coming towards us. And uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. And like you said, here we go again. And, and I, I have been hearing about this, you know, in France with them doing that, trying to make it yeah, you know, once again, it's the state attempting to protect its interests. 100%. Because if people can't see what's going on, I mean, and that's just it. That's just, that's just it with the modern era. Like, everybody has a fucking high-quality fucking HD video camera in their pocket now. Yep. 
and it's not like anything has changed over the last several decades other other than the rapid over militarization of our police but like they they've been doing the same fuckery for decades it's just more apparent now and the state is all all around the world the states all all the different states and all the different countries are all fucking panicking and trying to do what they can to fucking to cover their ass and trying to make it illegal for people to expose them for the fucking pieces of fucking shit thugs that they are you know just because you have a badge and a gun doesn't mean you get my fucking respect never um never never you're a fucking coward that's 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 what that's what i look at it you're a fucking coward you're a piece of shit you're a liar you're an arm of the state yep and you're not there to protect me you are a source of revenue collection yeah you're one of the king's men that's that's right you're 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 a source of revenue collection Mm -hmm. and you're there for oppression those are the only two the only two i mean think about it like even even me, like, think about the the culture of fear that's been bred into us. Like, whenever you get pulled over, you know, and you see them lights going, like, your anxiety automatically shoots up. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, yeah, and, and that's 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 a condition that's been trained into us. You know, like they want us to fear them, and we people need to start getting to that point where we're not afraid of them. You know, and it, it's unfortunate that you know they got the badge and the gun, and they've got the monopoly on violence, on the monopoly on the initiation of violence. So they can shoot you however they said, you know, and all they got to do is say, oh, I feared for my life you and, know, and, and they'll get away with it. But yeah, you know, people, people have got to stop being afraid of them. Like they only have the amount of power that you're willing to give them. Um, and, and, and like I said, it's unfortunate that, you know, they can indiscriminately kill you, but it, it keeps happening enough and people keep recording it and showing people this shit like it. It's going to make some people wake up. It's never going to make everyone wake up. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's, and, and it's like you said, like you know, our history, like we come, we come, we all come from like a long line of renegades. You know, that's what. Oh yeah. That's real. That's really what built this this country is is that the fucking that the culture, and and that's that's you know we come from that culture of of those renegades, like you said, the fucking. The people of Appalachia that are, you know, the fucking the bootleggers uh, up in the hills making fucking bootleg fucking moonshine and, and, and you know, the gun runners, the fucking the people growing dope and shit. And, and it's just like the people helping runaway slaves get away from the fucking taskmasters right? in the south. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're yep. we're a bunch of rebellious motherfuckers. And you had people who are of African uh, descent. That uh, were on the front lines of getting fucking uh, ate up by police dogs and fucking shot with water cannons and assassinated in many different cases, such as like Medgar Evers, example, and of course uh, Dr. King, uh, Malcolm X. Like, I mean, you, we all have a rebellious streak in us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think this ties, like, I really feel this ties into the original point. Once you, if you really want to radicalize, the left is almost there. Because the left, it, the further left you go, and you actually become a Marxist-Leninist, you know what I mean, a, a straight-up communist or a Trotskyist or whatever, uh, because those are you know mutually exclusive, being a Marxist-Leninist and a Trotskyist. But even when you get to that point, when you're a communist of whatever you know gray-flavored stripe it is, I don't even care. It doesn't matter. But what's important is that at least they 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 get it right a little bit when they're like well the police are the tool of the cor- of the capitalist class. Okay, great. That great. Great. Whatever however you got there, that's fine. Like I'll I'll accept that. 
And not that they need us to accept it, but that's great. You, you're realizing that you have an enemy. Now, it could be from a class point of view or it could be from, you know, a, a different point of view. But that's that's great. You know, the gendarme of the um, of the czar or of the king or whoever's in charge. Yeah, there's a big case for that. They are the 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 shock troopers of the ruling class to make sure that you, the hoi polloi, don't get uppity, don't interfere with their revenue, and make sure that you show up when you're called in for service on some stupid war that they want you to fight because they need a resource or they need to teach somebody a lesson because, you know, somebody didn't show up to their, you know, jubilee party or whatever the fuck it is. It doesn't matter. Um, I I really feel that that's the angle that we should be playing as anarchists, as people in the liberty movement, regardless of where we are on the uh, bottom end of the, spec- of, the uh, of the compass, excuse me, the grid that we should be all focusing our efforts on as soon as we can get the majority of the population to look at police with utter contempt, we'll be winning. Mm-hmm. We'll be winning mm-hmm. real fast because the more the cops know that they're hated, the more the, pe- the more the cops know that it's dangerous for them, not this fake, oh, well, every day I put this uniform on, and you know, my life is in danger. Right. And it's like, bro. <laughs> as he says as he paints his clown makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as some fucking guy down in Adams County, Ohio, that patrols the river route. Yes, my life's in danger every day. Yeah, because you could drown if you fall asleep next to the river for too long. I don't know what. Right. You know, it's not like you you're do a fucking donut coma and fucking accidentally right. put his car dry. <laughs> Dude, a fucking diabetic shock. <laughs> Dude, no, seriously. That's if we could get uh. if we could get you to that point where, like, for look at let's let's take a look at this example, Chris. In certain American cities, Chicago's one of them. The cops don't even bother coming out because, first of all, they know the community that in which they would go to doesn't like them, and that's putting it moderately. <laughs> they also know that the majority, like. And, you know, a lot of these people, unfortunately, are beholden to maybe people who are drug lords or people who are, you know, gangs that are fighting over for control over a drug trade. Once again, this goes back to the drug war that has created these situations for these people to live in. These socioeconomic situations was created by the state. Uh, and, you know, it has infe- affected people of a certain background uh, disproportionately. It doesn't need to be overstated uh, or, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be understated. Excuse me. It can be overstated as often as possible. So we already know that the cops will avoid certain neighborhoods at certain times a day in certain cities because they know that they're unwelcome to begin with. And secondly, that, that you know, the people have a tendency, I guess, maybe to police themselves, even if it's left up to gangs, let's say. Let's just say hypothetically. Once we can get people in the suburbs, the people in Brentwood, the people in uh, the suburbs of St. Louis or Cleveland or Buffalo... To look at police with a side eye saying, what the fuck are you doing in my neighborhood? Like, we don't fucking need you around here. There's no reason for you to be here. Or we get to the point where, like, my mother used to do this all the time because my uncle's a truck driver out in New Jersey. He owns his own route. And, you know, he talked about all the time he'd get shaked down by police. Always stopped and trying to w- make sure that they, he weighs in because he's not to make sure he's not uh, taking drugs across state lines or to check what he's hauling in the back and all this other bullshit. And my, you know... My mother was like, you know, always telling me like, well, the police are always just messing with people just trying to make a living. And I'm like, well, I didn't understand it at the time, but now I do. 
You know what I mean? Like, why should you be fucking with them? I mean, I don't even care. Like, I mean, we got to get our dope somehow. You know, thank God for the truck right. drivers, right? I mean, if you can right. if you can hide a couple of bricks, good for you, too. Keep it coming, man. <laughs> Keep it coming. Yeah. Rough, rough times ahead, you know what I'm saying? But Right. S- Keep s- the black market alive and well. Yeah, exactly. Or what if they're overweight because their employer didn't label a skid properly, for example, and then, then it's the truck driver that has to eat the cost of that fine. Once again... We're back to revenue generation. We're also back to revenue yep. generation when you're pulling over truck drivers or going over the suggested speed limit. Suggested speed limit, yes, because they're being forced to drive 12 hours straight. Like, I'm sure we could get uh, Quincy Johnson on the show to tell us all about being shook down oh, by yeah. the goddamn police as a truck driver, uh, you know, an African-American truck driver, no less. So I, uh, as soon as we can get people in the suburbs to look at these people with utter contempt, will be winning because the more they stay in their barracks or their police station or their forward operating base, as I like to call it, uh, the better off we are. You just stay in there, eat your donuts, drink your coffee, play Scrabble or, you know, fuck each other in the ass or do whatever it is that you want to do with each other. <laughs> right. And leave us alone. The better off we're going to be. It is just the better off we're going to be. So once again, I can't overstate. The angle that we should be looking at is trying to wake people up about the police. And I don't want to hear about your uh, your uncle's brother's sister's former roommate who's a good cop. We're not interested anymore. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. But unfortunately, most of them that try to do something about it get fired. Mm -hmm. And then the good ones who do nothing do nothing, which exacerbates the problem. So either way. Or they cover up for their buddies. Right. Lie Lie for their buddies. You know, it it comes back to that whole fucking the fucking the fucking police union bullshit. Like those motherfuckers don't need a goddamn union. No, no, they don't need a union at all. Um, and I'm a union guy. And in fact, that's the next uh, that's the next topic I wanted to jump into, Christopher. Uh, I I know a lot of people that I've had on the show before with us have a negative opinion. For example, of the industrial workers of the world, the Wobblies. I'm I'm a big fan. Lucy Parsons, who is the uh, widowed wife of Albert Parsons, who was hanged uh, b- uh, because of his alleged uh, you know, participation in the uh, Haymarket affair, uh, where the police were later found to be the ones who were bombing shit during the Haymarket protest, uh, mm-hmm. in which the anarchists were tried and hanged for things no. that they didn't do. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, imagine Surprise that. Pikachu face. Imagine Aww. that. Oh, you don't say. Uh, they, uh, in fact, not only they were found, uh, well, they were posthumously great. Yeah, that's wonderful. But right? at least yeah. it shows a little admission from somebody with, quote, the authority to say, hey, listen, no, we're, we're, these people had nothing to do with it. They didn't do anything wrong. In fact, it was the cops that did it. The same thing that happened with Sacco and Vanzetti. Michael Dukakis, who is not a friend of the people, he at least pardoned them posthumously because people realized that they were framed. You know, when you're an immigrant or a person of color and you have radical opinions, you are in the fucking crosshairs automatically. It doesn't matter whether you do nothing or not. If you're actively spouting off radical opinions and you're somebody like Sacco Vanzetti being uh, Italian immigrants or, of course, Lucy Parsons being a a, uh, biracial uh, woman at a time when women weren't supposed to be active in anything, let alone being revolutionaries, you know, that tends to put a spotlight on you. So... Uh, you know, they Lucy Parsons, uh, who is the widow of Albert Parsons, who was uh, murdered by the state um, uh, erroneously for his, affa- uh, quote, you know, hand in whatever was happening at the Haymarket affair, which was turned out to be false. 
she was one of the founders of the Industrial uh, Workers of the World, uh, the IWW. Now, the IWW is not nearly as powerful. As, in fact, it's a shadow of its former self for many different reasons. It was broken by the state. And also, there's some tanky activity. Like, they're supposed to... The ideology is supposed to be more like syndicalism, anarcho-syndicalism, something you see with the CNT in Spain that you saw in Catalonia when they kind of were independent for two and a half years during the Spanish Civil War. Okay, like radical trade unionism, which, like when we had Keith Preston on, is either a road to anarcho-communism or is a separate school to anarcho-communism. Either way you look at it, it's a form of anarchism that's part of the family, whether we like it or not. But there's a lot, you know, people don't look at unions being as powerful as they used to be. But let me give you guys an example, okay? And this is from, this is not an article from a friend of the podcast. This is from leftvoice.org, okay? (laughs) Definitely not a friend of the podcast, nor any of the hosts. Uh, The author is Maria Arrelio. It said, the biggest general strike in the world, over 200 million workers and farmers paralyze India. I'm going to read that again. Two hundred million workers and farmers paralyze India. On Thursday, over 200 million workers held a one-day general strike. In India, they were joined by farmers in mass action across the country against the right-wing government of Narendra Modi. Um, Let's see here. This massive day of action was called by 10 trade unions and over 250 farmers organizations and was accompanied by massive protests and a near-total shutdown of some Indian states. According to the call put out by unions, the general strike was organized against the anti-people, anti-worker, anti-national, and destructive policies of the BJP government, led by Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Their demands included the following. The withdrawal of all anti-farmer laws and anti-worker labor codes. The payment of 7,500 rupees, I'm not sure what that is in dollars, in the accounts of each non-taxpaying family. Monthly supply of 10 kilograms of food to needy families. The expansion of the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Act of 2005 to include 200 workdays each year, higher wages, and the act's extension to urban industries to stop the privatization of the public sector, including the financial sector, and stop corporatization of government-run manufacturing and service entities like railways, ordnance factories, ports, etc., the withdrawal of draconian forced premature retirement of government and, P- and public sector employees, pensions for all, the scrapping of the national pension system, and the reimposition of earlier pension plan with amendments. Uh, workers in nearly all of India's major industries, including steel, coal, telecommunications, engineering, transportation, ports, and banking, joined the strike. Students, domestic workers, taxi drivers, and other sectors also participated in the nationwide day of action. Okay. Now, let's uh, unpack that a little bit. First of all, I'm not sure what happened in India. <laughs> Secondly, yeah. uh, the, uh, the uh, making anything government-run is definitely not going to help your bottom line, but whatever. The point of what we're trying to get at here is for a day, you had 200 million people stop working. Well, right. that is a hell of an accomplishment in 2020. Yeah, for and sure. I think that we can take a lesson from that. You know? Can you imagine if that happened here in America? That would be over half the country. Oh, it would be. 
Yeah, 200 million people out of over a billion people. That's still a lot of fucking people. Like you said, that's almost two-thirds of the entire United States of America refusing to work. And if you had it in the industries, like if you had farmers stop working for, let's let's take it a step further, right? Let's take it to a week. Let's take it 10 days, 14 days, whatever. Let's take two weeks of an absolute general strike across from longshoremen working the ports to make sure those, uh, you know, container ships with your PS5s get here, right? To people who are working in, uh, you know, in, you know, service industry, in warehousing and logistics and transportation like Christopher and I work in, you are talking about a serious, massive impact on the economy. Like, I mean, you, you think you can't find fucking shit paper now at the store? Forget it. Like you're not right. gonna find you you're you're not gonna find fucking canned dog food, you know what I mean? And uh, people need to like I really am a huge like Carl Hess, uh, who is famous in right libertarian circles and and and, and I and I probably in left libertarian circles to a certain degree, but more to the right. He came from a Republican background. I recommend reading some of his work. He he joined the IWW because he said the country needed an actual workers movement. It actually needed a labor movement, which tells me that to this day we still don't have one. Because if you th- like, I'm a member of, of one of the larger unions in the country. I'm a member of the Communication Workers of America. I can tell you right now that our local doesn't do anything. Like, for example, I've talked about it on this program before. I'm in with uh, communication workers that work on T-Mobile lines and AT&T lines. Okay, line workers. You know, shit jobs, like tough jobs. They go on strike, and my shop is up the road. We don't go on strike because we wrote a separate contract with our employers saying that we weren't. Because every time we have a union meeting, I would ask for a strike. I would stand up and look at my my, my union steward, and I would go, yes, I would like to vote on a strike. And they would laugh at me. I'm like, it's not funny. It's not a joke. I would, I, I would like to go on strike. I think that we should be in solidarity with our brothers and sisters down the street. I mean, if we're going to pay and play this game, why not? Because that was the idea, right, Chris? Solidarity. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. we're all in this together. If our friends down the street have a problem, then we have a problem. You know, an injustice to one is an injustice to all, right? We don't have that anymore in this country. I think the most powerful union in this country, apart from the Teamsters, is maybe the SEIU. But the Teamsters have UPS. Now, I think you deal with UPS drivers. I deal with them every day. Those P those that union actually helps its workers. They've told me plenty of times when they submit a grievance and they feel like they're getting fucked that the union steps in. That's fine. Most of the time unions seem to be just collecting dues for soft handed mm-hmm. bosses to go on vacation. Yeah. Well, we need more of this shit. Like I know that I know that's going to be perceived as communist or socialist or whatever. You could take, you know, eat it with whatever fucking spoon size you feel like. The point is that the work the working people especially right now like i really thought chris that with this situation that we have with um the you know what going around almost a year now that where mm-hmm. you had frontline workers that this was a genuine opportunity for them to say hey wait a minute man like you're paying us fucking nine dollars an hour but you're demanding that i work x amount of hours like i'm i, I right. know and no benefits essential <laughs> yeah i'm essential but you're not paying me essential and that's not mm-hmm. a function i don't th- like Correct me if I'm wrong, but that shouldn't be a function of the market, right? The more your job is in demand, the more you should see for the return on your labor, regardless yeah. if it's skilled or unskilled, right? Because it's in demand, like like Instacart, for example, right? Like those guys, right. like people are ordering shit like crazy because they either the communists have not allowed them to go to the store 
or they're afraid to go to the store with no problem. That's fine. The market provides something for you to not have to go to the store. We have a group, a company that comes forward. I, I, now, it could be, could be 100%. Now, I can hear the ANCAPs going, oh, God, call you. Jay Colo's fucking gone tanky. No, he hasn't. I can assure you that. <laughs> you tanky bastard. Yeah, I know. Ha ha. I got you all, bitch. Yeah. Um, right. Master class troll. <laughs> I'm not as good as the rest of them, unfortunately. I don't have that trolling <laughs> skill. But seriously, like maybe you know, maybe Instacart is taking advantage of its workers. Maybe it's maybe it could be paying them more because I mean I know that shit isn't cheap. I know it's not cheap to fucking have groceries uh, shipped to your house from Instacart. Like you're paying a premium. It's like that fucking yeah. DoorDash. If any of you have ever gotten on DoorDash, goddamn, look at the delivery fees for some of that shit. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it's expensive. It turns a fucking an $8 cheeseburger with fries into a $13.99 cheeseburger and fries. And that, for people with, you know, not the greatest, uh, you know, incomes is a lot of money. You know, I I don't know, man. I think that uh, I'd like to get your take on it because I'd like to see a genuine labor movement where, you know, people just don't roll over and put up with shit. Even if it's, like I said, even if it's from, quote, the other side, well, that's fine. But there should be something, there should be a gen. we haven't had a genuine workers' movement in over a hundred goddamn years in this country, it feels like. Yeah, it's definitely felt like it's been forever, and really, going back in, like, recent history, like, you can, uh, someone who, the, the people on the right fucking worship is, you can, you can blame Reagan for breaking, breaking unions, um, and taking away any sort of power that they may have had, um, and it's just like you know, like you said, most most unions just want want to collect dues from their workers and, and don't do shit. Yep. Um, you know, there's a handful of good unions, um, but but I mean that's about it. Most of them are. It's just another. Most of them are just another fucking level of bureaucracy, man. <laughs> like they collect their dues so they can pay these people in these in these positions and these bureaucracies to you know give people lip service um and, and that's most of them and i think that's where a lot of people you know nowadays are you know against unions and shit like that because because of shit like that because because they don't do anything like what's the point what's the point in being part of a collective if there's no benefit you know there's a great like, point what, what what what's what's the point in, in in paying dues and being part of this collective if you have no collective power, I mean, that's the whole point of it. It comes down to that is, is people who are working want to feel like they have some sort of power. And I think that's where like a lot of these, you know, people that are still extremely pro union. Like they really, you know, there's a lot of people that are super proud to be part of a union and, and good for you if you're in a good union. Um, but it, it, you know, like what kind of power do you really have? Like what, what collective power do you really have when really, you know, with a lot of them, all you're doing, it's a charade with most of them, you know, like you said, there's, there's a couple of good unions, like you said, with UPS and, and Teamsters, there's, there's a couple unions that have some pool, but ultimately at the end of the day, like what, what good is it to, to be a part of a union if they're not going to do anything for, for the workers, especially now, you know, like you said, with a lot of us being classified as essential workers, well, if I'm so goddamn essential, why ain't I getting paid? Why am I not getting paid like I'm essential? And it's because at the end of the day, I mean, we've seen with these lockdowns, 
and a lot of people, it just went right under their noses. It was the greatest transfer of wealth in modern history. Yep, there it is. And, 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 and we got, you know, what are the businesses that are open? It's not the small businesses. It's not the mom and pop shops. It's the big fucking corporate fucking stores. Yep. They're the ones who benefit from it. They're the ones who are allowed to stay open. And that's not, you know, that isn't free market. That's the government, you know, subsidizing these businesses, essentially. And, and they already subsidize them with the, you know, with the, all the fucking tax breaks that they get. And, and, you know, taxation in general is theft. But if we're all going to be taxed, shouldn't we all be taxed fairly? You know, whether we're, whether or not we're a big corporation or, or uh, you know, the the working class individuals who fucking get raked over the coals and taxes. And then you work overtime. And they rake you over the coals even harder. Yep. <laughs> like, like what's the point? Like, I figured it out at, at my job. And, and it's not like we get offered overtime that much anyways. But whenever there is copious amounts of overtime, it happens from time to time. I've figured it out that in a two-week pay period, if I work more than 16 hours of overtime, it's not worth it. Well, no, you're getting, f- like, you're getting fucked hard. On your taxes, once you yeah. yeah once you reach that threshold, it's ridiculous. Yeah once, you, yeah, once you cross that threshold, it's like, what's the point if I'm just paying it all in taxes? Like, what? Uh, that's <laughs> this is a, this is gonna spark like a whole other conversation because I fucking hate income tax. It's the biggest fucking lie, fucking bullshit, <laughs> fucking. Uh, it's just a way for the for them to keep you under their thumb, and, and really like the taxes that are imposed, like. Like the tax burden has always been. I mean, that's why the middle class is dwindling so much because the tax burden has always been placed upon the fucking middle and working class's shoulders. And we're, we've gotten to the point where our fucking national deficit is so fucking great. Like, are, are, aren't we at the point now where our fucking national deficit is greater than our GDP now? Uh, yes, I believe so. And, and and once again, it, you know, the root of the problem, we can come back to, you know, the central banks. <laughs> um, it, it's just, ah, it, God damn it, it pisses me off. <laughs> and rightfully really so. Does. Rightfully so. Right? It, it, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, like, I, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, so many people, like, justify it, you know. They're like, oh, you know, we have to pay our fair share and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, like, I think it's bullshit that a fucking up to a third of my income is fucking taken away from me before I ever even get to see my goddamn pay stub. Yeah, I, it's absolute highway and, robbery. And, <laughs> I mean, and, what's really. it, and what's it going towards? I think, like, our national budget, I think somewhere in the realm of, like, 50 to 60% of our national budget goes straight to the military, like the defense budget and, and all that. And, wow. And, yeah, and it's just like... It's it's utterly fucking ridiculous, and once again, it just you know the central banks, the Fed, they're the fucking problem, and we spend so much on on military, and none of it, none of it's in in defense per se. I mean, you know, we once again we've spoken about this ad nauseum. We've got somewhere in the realm of almost nine hundred military bases across what like one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty two countries across the world. Like that's not defense; that's an empire. Oh yeah, it is definitely an empire, and, and and that's 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 where our money is getting spent, and 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 to top it all off, the, the debt that we rack up, 
uh, with them printing off more money, you know, with our fiat currency and, mm-hmm. you know, a- every single empire in the history of man that has used fiat currency has fallen. Yeah, All of them. It's definitely, you know, it, it's not a secure it, method it, of exchange. No, no, it is not a secure method of exchange. Um, it never has been and it never fucking will be because, you know, we need, we need sound money. And I think this is where, you know, once again, talking about cryptocurrency, this is this is where cryptocurrency can come into play um, because it's not part of that fiat system. You know, it, it exists outside of the state, and that's why the government has lobbied so hard to try and make it seem like it's, you know, like it's this big evil and like, oh, terrorists can secretly funnel money. And, and you know, the first big strike came whenever they fucking, you know, came after Ross Ulbricht and, and, and the fucking the Silk Road. Yep. And, and any article you read about him makes it sound like he was like this fucking this <laughs> this black market drug czar, man. And he was fucking, you know, doing all these seedy things and, and, and all that money that he was making. And that, that's what it comes down to is the government was mad about all that money he was making and they wasn't getting a single fucking penny of it. Yep. That's it right there. And uh, to... Let's let's take a look at here what the actual numbers are. I looked it up. Defense spending accounts for 15% of all federal spending and roughly half of discretionary spending. Total discretionary spending for both defense and non-defense purposes represents represents, excuse me, only a third of the annual federal budget. That mm, is yeah. a lot of money. That is right. a substantial amount of money, you know. Uh I uh <laughs> I mean, you do. If you're gonna have an empire, you're gonna need uh, centurions to defend it. I guess you know what I mean. At least to defend your interests right. or whatnot. There was an episode that we did a while ago. This is BC before Chris, uh, when um, <laughs> we did something on. Uh, there's a book called How to Hide an Empire, and that also is on Audible. I'm not getting paid for any of this shit. This show doesn't make any money <laughs> off of I these promotions. Say, we plug a lot of shit, man, <laughs> for free because we're all about the right. education. The money will come at some point right. in time, and if it doesn't, oh well. I'm trying to help people. So there's another. Say the the message is far more important than anything else. I agree. Uh, that that's why that's why I do it. So check out a book called How to Hide an Empire. Uh, take a peek. There's an episode that we did, and uh, I'd love to plug it. I believe it's a Fuck You Friday, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to go ahead and take a look and see if I can get to it. But in the meantime, I'll explain it to you. So in this book, it details something that a lot of people have never heard of, and it's called the Guanu Wars. Now, those of you who have watched Ace Ventura, that one is a uh, where they talk about Guanu, where it's batshit, okay? And it does, that's where batshit crazy comes from, is if you are around it, inhale it, or ingest it at any point in time, you're going to get really, really sick, right? You get, it's, it's really bad for you. Okay, so it's episode six, all right? So we're going back to May 3rd of 2020, which feels like a lifetime ago. That was well after the 15 days to slow the spread. Um, <laughs> we talked about something called the Guanu Islands Act of 1856, and it's still on the books as a law. Uh, the islands possessed by the United States, it's about, like, you at the time, it was, okay, so it's mostly about bird droppings, but also bat droppings. It's about shit. Well, this shit is rich in nitrogen. Well, what's good for growing crops as a fertilizer? Nitrogen-rich manure, right? So mm-hmm. the the United States, like, literally just said, we're going to come up with a law where if, you, if, if the island has guanu, we're going to go ahead and take it. 
and we're going to keep it. And that's called, the, you look it up for yourselves, it's the Guanu Islands Act of 1856. Um, I really, really recommend you take a look at this book, How to Hide an Empire. Uh, please take a look at it, uh, listen to it. But shit like this, this is imperial stuff. You know, we love to talk mm-hmm. about, from the status point of view, <laughs> like the only time that we get worked up is when Piers Morgan tries to say that we shouldn't have guns and immediately we start all flying the Betsy Ross Star Spangled Banner, put on a tri-pointed <laughs> hat, and we're like, come fucking do something about it. You know, we're marching behind George Washington at that point as soon as some Brit fuck. No offense, guys. We have listeners in the United Kingdom. Uh, we love you and respect you. We just don't like Piers Morgan. Uh, we're not a fan. Uh, I don't. I don't think a lot of people in the UK like Piers Morgan that much. Either. Probably not. So, but we love so you. So in defense of them. Yes. But like an, another another good speaking of empire, uh, another good book to plug. A book that you had me read a number of years ago. And correct me if I'm don't have the title exactly right, but I believe it's Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Yes, that I remember that. Well done, yeah, Jesus Christ. That yeah. was like nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's another great book. My my mind is a steel trap, but I mean that's <laughs> that's a perfect example of uh, another example of of how how our empire works. Um, you know, a country that does something that we don't like, such as Iraq, uh, wanting to not use the American you know dollar anymore, or you know something like that. Uh, uh, and then we send in, uh, you know, the CIA jackals and uh, topple their government and then, uh, you know, put in a weak fucking regime. And then, oh, and then here comes the IMF. Oh, let's let's mm-hmm. uh, let's get these motherfuckers to sign on for all these loans that they can't fucking pay back. And then, oh, you can't pay back the loans. Like, oh, well, I guess we're going to confiscate all your country's natural resources. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so fucking evil, dude. It's so bad. I know, right? Like, it's that's so like, bad. It's like so good fucking god man and it's like none of like and that's the kind of shit that like years and years and years ago people you know like you and i jay we've been talking about shit like this for years man and people would look at us like we were fucking crazy Mm -hmm. people would be like oh that's conspiracy theory and all of the you know all of this stuff's come to fruition uh you can't call it conspiracy it's simply fact at this point and it's just like Anybody that still wants to proclaim that shit to be a conspiracy theory, uh, you're just you're living in fucking denial. Quit living in denial. Just quit it. I know that red pill is the hardest thing to fucking swallow, man. It's it, it's it's like a fucking fist sized suppository. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's but, true. Yeah. Yeah. But fucking, you know. Choke it up, get you a big tall glass of water, you know, fucking lube it up so you can shove it up your ass. <laughs> either way, <laughs> how, how, however you choose to take that red pill, but fucking take that red pill, man. Quit living in denial and and do the research. I mean, this, you know, once again, like we just said, this this is why we plug all these books. This is why we talk about the things that we talk about purely for educational purposes, like. You know, we we say shit and and we always try and back up what we're talking about, you know, and, and you know, just like you did just a few minutes ago, you, you looked up the statistics. I, I misquoted them a little bit, but but we back it up, okay. you know, and and we, we add stuff to the show notes. And, and that's why we do this, because we don't just make this shit up like we don't just come on here and, and just talk out our ass like we're you know, we can back up the shit that we talk about. And if you're willing to accept that red pill. 
and fucking come down that fucking path with us, you know, you're going to you're going to realize a lot of shit's been going on that you've been turning a blind eye to. And that, that's the whole point of why we do what we do, man. Like, just open your eyes, you know, open your eyes, open your mind and accept the fact that the world isn't how the media and the cathedral itself wants you to perceive it to be. Yeah, that's true. And I think getting away from uh, the legacy media immediately is a very good step. And considering alternative sources of media, which we are part of that very, very small one one hundred thousandth of a uh, of the alternative media. But we're definitely one of the people that you can uh, consult or at least listen to or give us a shot. Uh, like I said, like Christopher said, we put everything up there uh, for people to check out because it's important to get the message out. And, you know, Jeremiah, who we need to get back on the show, who's a friend of the podcast, a friend of the hosts, uh, we did wonderful content. And thanks to him and uh, the folks at Agoras Nexus, uh, we're listed on there now. Uh, you can find all our contact information on there. We'd like to thank the people at Agoras Nexus for uh, including us in their listing of different uh, agorist uh, shows, including Sal Mayweather's. Uh, lots of people are listed on there. Uh, some real, real awesome programs and people who provide things for you. Get it on Agorist Nexus. Uh, just look them up. You can type it up into a Google search. There's a lot of people doing good work out there that you can consult, listen to, and take it, uh, you know, take it for your own, uh, digest it, and see how you feel about it at least. But, you know, the thing is, man, is when... <laughs> Thad Russell is the most underrated historian that the country has right now. When he's Absolutely. telling people that, you know, all of this stuff that, that 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 nobody knows anything about, like, it's amazing. The thing is, is, like, I went to high school when we were still forced to read Animal Farm in 1984 in Fahrenheit 451. My kid has not read any of those books, and he is graduating from uh, from state uh, high school here in a couple of months, in five months. He has read none of those books. I was in school when we were still forced to read them, and I was pissed at the time because you made me read them. I read them after I got out of high school again, and I have a, like, you know, a, a modicum of appreciation for my literature teacher who made us read these books, and it didn't have a massive impact on a lot of people because – you know, you're 14 or 15, you're interested in fucking and getting high and getting drunk and, you know, in my case, <laughs> doing all of those and playing hockey at the same time. Like, I really wasn't interested in listening to what some fucking teacher had to say. I was there because I was forced to be there. But fair play to them for actually trying to get us to read material that was incredibly important and prophetic, I might add. Uh, we didn't read A Brave right. New World or anything like that. Uh, I think that's Huxley's book. Um but there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, books that we were that we were made to read that were genuinely good for your brain. My kid doesn't get any of those. None of those. It none of it was uh, material that made you question things. And Thad Russell's book completely destroys. Like when Jeremiah told us about killing our idols, that definitely is an idol killing book because mm -hmm. for those of us who came from this, like you go through this progression where. You know, either you're le left or right, it doesn't matter. But let's just take one example. Let's say you're 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 hardcore ultra patriot right winger, and you love the founding fathers and the Constitution and all this other stuff. And then if you read this book, you'll discover that the Constitutional Convention was a coup. That those men were not sent there to fucking uh, write a new document. They were there to fix the Articles of Confederation. Okay, and that the country was more free. Now, this is of course excluding uh, people who were in chains, which they were. 
that the, the, the people who the colonists who were more free before not only the Constitutional Convention, but before the revolution than they were after. Right. That is a and, and, tough thing for people to grasp. And to, to really clarify, we, we were more free, especially on a cultural level. There it is. Yes. hundred percent. You know, and, and, and that's that's what it all boils down to is that culture. It wasn't until after, you know, like you said, whenever, you know, we became our own, you know, declared independence and and, and that fucking puritanical fucking bullshit got force fed onto onto the populace and we, we were no longer free on a cultural level. Um, and that's a lot was lost, <laughs> you know, like, like you were saying, like we were more free as the colonies. We had fucking brothels everywhere. There was fucking, you know, even, uh, you know, once again, talking about Thad's book, uh, renegade history of the United States. It's fucking, you know, there were mixed race brothels, you know, like yep. this was, this was well before, well before fucking, you know, modern times in, in the civil. I mean, we're talking hundreds of years before and, and, and all of that shit got suppressed and the culture was changed. And unfortunately, not for the better. No, not for the better at all. And uh, we would recommend that book, A Renegade History of the United States. I've I've reached out to Thad to see if he can come on to the show. I haven't heard back from him. I mean, we're still. I guess in the uh, larger small potatoes, we're the largest of the small potatoes, I guess, right now. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to keep working and I'm going to try to get him on here because I would absolutely love to talk to him and talk to him about that book. We've recommended on this podcast several times, and I highly encourage uh, any of our listeners to uh, listen or read that book. Uh, you can't get enough of it. Um, you know, our... nah, it's fantastic. No, I, when, yeah. I listened to the audiobook and it, it it's gripping. It's good material man from front to back it's one of this like you start listening to it and it's like what is it? i think it's like if you listen to it on audiobook it's like i think it's like a, a roughly around what 16 hours i think you're right on yeah so somewhere somewhere in that realm and man like such a, the value uh, of I, I mean even just looking at it as the value of entertainment like it, it's entertaining and educational at the, at the same time. And you learn so much shit that you would never, ever, 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 ever have fucking been taught in school. No, you never would have been taught this in school. And Thad is, a, uh, is in my opinion, uh, one, uh, one of the greatest uh, contemporary historians that we have. And uh, we're lucky that we have him. And he also teaches you about the school system and why these people... Because the majority of our listeners are at least anarchists or libertarians and from different directions... You guys know what we're talking about. You know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, you have a lot of people. Prussian, Prussian yep, school model. The Prussian school school model, where these people, we have to begin to look at people who were trying to help break their programming as hostages. Uh, they have Stockholm syndrome. They don't. They they. It's not even their fault. I mean, yes, as an adult, you have agency, but when you've been so, you, you've you've taken a child's uh, hardwiring. And completely rewired it. It's like religion, right? It's 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 exactly right. like religion because you weren't born with that shit. Okay, somebody yeah. taught well, I mean, you. We, we essentially run them through a fucking prison system. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 what the the modern day school system is. You know, we got the bell system, 
we're, we're training them. We're, we're not educating them. We're, we're training them to be good citizens. Yep. Obedient workers, as George Carlin you know, said. Yeah. Ob- obedient workers, soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, people who are willing to die for a meaningless symbol like a fucking flag. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that that's what our school system does. It's it's not there to, to truly educate people. It's there to, to brainwash them. Like, like, what is it? You spend what, like 15,000 hours? Correct. Yep. In, in in school and you know that's that's a lot of time like you said to reprogram people to rewire them and when they get out like it's hard to undo that damage oh incredibly difficult incredibly it's incredibly difficult man to break that programming yeah uh, i mean that's <laughs> like i think back to whenever i was fresh out of high school you know like to, compared to where i'm at now in my thought process my ideology the way i i look at the world totally fucking different man totally different yeah totally different and you know to jeremiah's point where you know he's like you know it's it is a losing cause (laughs) well yeah it is but we still have an obligation to play the game it's the only game in town even if the dice are rigged so we have a one percent chance of pulling it off but at the same time at least you're not the big thing for me man and not to get dark or anything like that but at least you know the you know what the game is that for me it's not the thing that bot it doesn't bother me as much anymore that you know when you look at your paycheck and you know you're getting fucked really hard and you know your money's going to buy hellfire missiles and you know pay for qualified you know immunity cases that the taxpayers responsible for you know terrible mm-hmm. things that the police do we're aware of those things and, and to give police their pension after they murder Correct. somebody and claim they have PTSD yeah Dan- Daniel Shaver's killer uh yeah mm-hmm. exactly we know all of that and it's it, there's a I won't say a certain level of comfort but it's almost like satisfying to know that you're looking right into the eyes of the, the evildoer and say, I know what you're up to. Like, I, I can't, I can do very little about it. You know, you right. can get yourself a 3D printer. I, I, I can grow my own food. I can buy crypto. I can do certain things to mitigate the damage. But in the end, you are winning the game because you created the game and you're forcing me to play it on this field somewhat. But I've removed myself slowly but surely right. from it a little bit. Well, and I mean that's 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 the only way we can play the game is just to do damage mitigation. <laughs> I mean that's that's really the only thing we can do. You know, like you said, you know, grow your own food, get a three D printer, you know, become your own bank. Uh, I mean that's yeah, all all of that is ultimately just damage mitigation. Uh, I mean, like you said, it's rather fatalistic to look at it like that, but. And, and and like you said, not to get dark, but I mean that's, you know, it, it, we're stuck, we're trapped, we're trapped in this game, and that, that's the only thing we can do is just mitigate the damage. Yeah, and, and you know, there's so, there's a certain satisfaction. I like I said, I take a lot of I'm a lot of pleasure, I guess, from knowing like you know you can see the zeros and the ones as the matrix crawls, like you know mm-hmm. what's going on, as opposed to people that are oblivious to it, like you know. The flag, the flag saluting people and, you know, the God save the queen people or I'm going to serve the country and die in a meaningless war someplace because I was told that it was good. You know, uh, we're lucky because Brian, our co-host, who isn't available right now, he he um, he got out of the Marines not too long ago. And by 20, he's 24 and he already has been fully he was an anarchist while he was still in like he, he finally crossed that bridge when he was in. Which is great because, I, you know, you worry about your friends getting shipped off to fight and die for these stupid fucking wars. But 
at 24, I, I, it took me a long time to get where I was or to get to where I am, excuse me, right now. So for those of you, like we're old, like Chris, Christopher and I are, are older gentlemen in a young person's game. There's so many people in the Liberty <laughs> Movement that are incredibly young, and I applaud you guys because I didn't have it figured out when I was 24. I was in a different situation. I was a single parent. I, I mean, I was broke, divorced, all this other shit. You guys have it figured out. I think that that's great that you already came to these conclusions rapidly. That means that at least there is some success being found out there. I think right. it's great. I think it's wonderful because, like I said, Christopher and I are rapidly becoming the the old, the elders <laughs> of the village in this game. So, um, <laughs> right. Uh, so, Mazatov oh, to man. you guys. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't have anything else for this uh, for this particular entry, Christopher. Do you have anything else before we wrap it up? Uh nope, I don't have anything else, man. I think uh I think we covered some ground on this one. Excellent. Well, in conclusion, I would like to encourage you guys to go check out useguyspod.com, specifically our store. I'm working on the hoodie situation for our friends and fans of the podcast. Hanukkah's coming up in less than two weeks. You got some Jewish relatives. You got some Jewish relatives that want to raise awareness about boating accidents while carrying firearms. UseGuysPod.com. Uh, Our store has everything that you need. It's from Teespring. We have mugs and T-shirts and stickers and all uh, nice uh, sorts of shit to give to people for uh, the upcoming holiday season. Don't forget about it. Also, check out the recommended reading. You already heard several books that we've recommended. Some of them are on there. Take a look at that. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at UseGuysPod. Uh, I'd like to say hello to our international listeners from France, Australia, Spain, the UK, specifically the UK. I meant no offense to you guys about that. Uh, we just I don't like Piers Morgan, so you have to forgive us. It's not about you. It's him. Uh, Romania, Italy, Belgium, Brazil, Greece, Holland, Sweden, Finland, Canada, Poland, Germany, India, Russia, Portugal, Czech Republic, Bulgaria, Croatia, Puerto Rico, Argentina, Uruguay, and Algeria. Thank you very much for your listenership. And once again... Another free plug for our friend, friend of the hosts, friend of the podcast, Mr. Sal Mayweather. Check out his website, 3dprintergobrr.com. That's 3dprintergobrr.com. Uh, I don't have anything else except for, of course, shout out to Paul B. from B-Town, my buddy. I'm going to try to get him on the show this month. Uh, Paulie B. Paulie B. from B-Town, the, uh, the anarchist chief in charge of trying to grow tobacco leaves in the summertime. We're going to have to figure that one out for you, Paul. We're going to have to figure out how you can grow your own tobacco. So from Christopher and myself, I have nothing else. We will talk to you guys very soon. And by very soon, I mean very fucking soon. So incredibly soon. fucking soon. Incredibly like soon. It's, it's almost going to cause whiplash. So. <laughs> That's true, man. So we'll, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Peace. Later.